0: Here we go again, Tales from the Tailgate. My name is Rob Christian, joined by Alex, Christian, and Bo. We are supposed to have Auburn Matt with us today, but I don't know where he is. He confirmed that he would be here, and then he has ghosted I don't think Auburn Matt really understands time zones that well. He's an hour behind Alex and I, well, all three of us, but he's still in Florida, just like Alex and I, but I don't quite think he understands what 4 o'clock local time to him means. So, hopefully he'll join in the middle of it. If not, well, then we missed all our math this week, which would we kind of suck. But we are going to do another special under one hour edition. I'm sure a lot of you like that. Bo has a hard stop, the best kind of stop. You don't want a soft stop. You definitely want to say that you have a hard stop. for no, us. In it's, the like,
1: battle, it's, like cap. it's like cap space. Like hard cap, good. No cap, okay. Soft cap, terrible
0: bo must have something fancy to do he's uh he's dressed pretty well for us it's a it's a formal edition of the pod for him he's got a he's got a suit on so uh definitely looking like our legal counsel here how are you doing other than having to get out of here pretty quick bo
1: feeling good a little tired but uh you know no rest for the wicked life is good life is good as always happy to be on the show this week
0: and alex what about you you got home early today yeah, I did. And I was going
2: to get home a lot earlier because I was about to walk the hell out, uh, this morning. An 80 year old man got in my face and told me to, uh, that he didn't want a shuttle that, and, uh, dropped a couple F bombs on me. So I said, I am absolutely effing not helping you. Here's a number to a cab company. Get out. So yeah, real hospitality this week at Lauderdale Hospitality Group.
0: Yeah, sometimes that's just the way that it needs to be. Speaking of getting in your face and some things being said, let's dive right into it and let's get to Jawan Howard and Michigan versus Wisconsin this past week. Jawan Howard now suspended five games the rest of Michigan's regular season schedule, which I don't really think that's like, that's not like that severe of a punishment. Do we think he's going to get... More than that, I mean, slaps an assistant coach in the face pretty much. Players fight. There's some player suspensions. Uh, Wisconsin was fined as well. Um, Jawan Howard self-admittedly not putting himself off like a Michigan man. We might need to get Tyler Cody back to comment on Jawan Howard. I'm sure he has some I'm sure he has some very large opinions on the situation. Uh, but, Alex, what are you thinking with Jawan Howard just off the bat? Like, the five games to me, like, that's fine. Like he's going to come back for the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. And it's going to be like, this never happened.
2: Yeah, pretty much. And really that's about as much as they could do. Sadly. Um, if any one of us did that in our place of business, you know, we, we would have been fired immediately. Now let's just get that out in the open. You know, that's, that's the benefit of being a, a high profile coach. If you can smack a dude and just, get suspended without pay for five games i'd be interested to see what the conference is going to do uh the big 10 has come out you know staunchly against this and rightfully so that maybe you affect his ability to coach in the conference tournament i think that's still up for grabs but i think this is pretty much what we're going to see it might be a monetary thing we're he has to donate to victims of abuse or something like that. I could see that being an option as well. But Bo, if you're looking at this from an employment standpoint, there's really not anything else that's going to happen, right?
1: I wouldn't think so. I mean, um, yeah, like, like, I think this is just terrible. Like, it sets, I think the best interview I saw in this was I enjoyed watching the Tom Izzo interview, uh, over at Michigan State. They asked him about this. They asked him about getting her in a handshake lines. And he said that, th- that would just be a farce so at this point. Um, these coaches are supposed to be setting an example. They're supposed to be role models. And that's just not what's happening here. Now, look, I'm, The pro NIL guy, I'm the pro let kids transfer guy. So I'm not going to come out and say that, you know, they're these college athletes. They're pure amateurs and, and we need to treat them as such. But at the same time, like a college coach needs to be better than this. And, um, I wish they could do more. Uh, but I frankly am kind of inclined to agree with you that I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're in a position to do more and I'm not sure where you go with it from here. I, I also don't know, I guess enough about what the standard suspensions are in college basketball for coaches, but I don't think there's many examples of stuff like this. So,
0: Who in the world would come up with the idea of getting rid of the handshake line? Like what kind of organization are you putting yourself off as is like, we can't have people shake hands because the adults, like the grown adults that are getting paid <laughs> millions of dollars are going to hit each other in the face after yeah. a 40 minute basketball game like how does that idea even get anywhere near the table like who thought that this was a good idea to <laughs> even throw that out there like that is ridiculous uh, like i've heard it but it's that is the dumbest idea i've heard in a long time it's like well just they're going to fight anyway so let's just not let them go out there like what the hell no that's not solving the problem
1: <laughs> yeah we uh, we don't need to get to this- political here, but it does just deterioration of dialogue perhaps.
0: That's just accepting uh, that the issue is there and not trying to fix it at all. That's just like, eh, like if we let them get anywhere near each other, they're just gonna hit each other. Like so we just won't do that.
1: That's there's supposed to be the adults in the room. And you watch it and it's it's college kids pulling grown ass
0: adults. adults. I will say basketball usually has like the most interesting like coaching discipline scenarios, like a Rick Pitino thing, like a Bill Self thing, like a Jawan Howard thing. Like I guess you get like the random stuff where like Urban Meyer had a lot of people go to jail or I guess like Bobby Petrino on the motorcycle. But I don't know the, like Will Wade at LSU, the basketball coaches always seem to be like more in-depth scandals. Like there's always something deeper there. I guess slapping someone in the face is probably like the lightest of those, but
2: very true compared to what Louisville was
0: pulling Rick, Rick Pitino was not a kind of guy.
2: Yeah. Like this is a very minor infraction compared to, to the institutional abuse of power that's like, been going on at so many
0: places. Like, didn't Oklahoma state's coach go to jail for like six months for something? It was like white collar jail. But I was watching a game earlier when they were playing Kansas this year, and they showed that the coach went to jail for like six months for something. And then Kansas went... Who
2: the Arkansas football coach that couldn't go back to Oregon or uh, wherever it was due to tax fraud?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, what was that guy's name? We have to find it. Um, uh, Smith? It was like a three-part name, I thought. John L. or John C. Smith, I think it was. John L. Smith. John L. Smith.
2: Like, I, I'm trying to remember what he did, but it was it was pretty bad. Get the crack staff in the truck looking this thing up.
0: Yeah, he did something. Uh, he filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy in 2012. He had land investments from when he was coach at Louisville. Louisville again. And then he lost all of it when the real estate market busted. He's also into paragliding. Good for him. And he can fly a jet. Or, no, he just skydives from jets. Oh. He also did the running of the Bulls. The real that's An interesting dude. Yeah. 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 Good for him. But yeah, the, I really think that Johan Howard is getting off pretty easy here, but that's just me.
2: But you've got to think. You know, you're the head coach of a marquee basketball program. You're an NBA champion. You're a Michigan. Man. How do you let it? How do you let it get to you like that? And it was over something absolutely stupid. And if you listen to the Wisconsin's coach's uh, explanation of why he called the timeout, not to advance the ball, but to protect themselves against the ten to reset the ten second mm-hmm. clock. It makes perfect sense.
0: What was the Anybody difference in the score aware, at the time? I guess we didn't even cover like what the actual. It was issue double
2: was digits. At. They yeah. were blowing them out.
0: Double digits. Wisconsin has walk walk ons in there. Michigan was still playing their starters, and Wisconsin calls timeout to advance to half court, avoid the press. Like that was the situation.
1: Yeah, I mean that's young smart coaching. Even with a big lead, that's smart
2: coaching. Um, because those kids may have to come in when you get to the tournament. They need to have that game time experience. It's absolutely critical. So I don't fault guard at all for doing what he did. It's yeah. smart basketball.
0: And it wasn't and, even guard that got hit.
2: Yeah. You hit the wrong dude, Juwan. Like, come on, man.
0: Well, a, and I. A
2: bear paw if he hadn't opened his fist up at the last set, you could almost see it in his mind as he's throwing the swing. Oh, crap. If I hit this guy with a closed fist. I'm getting arrested. (laughs) If I just smack him a bit and bare call the side of his head, I might just get suspended.
0: I mean, hitting someone in the face is probably like a split-second decision. Him opening his fist, that is like a split, like, half a second decision. Like, it's amazing to me that something done that quickly can impact the suspension or the fine that much. Like, that took less than one second for him to do. And he's very lucky yeah. that he did it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I do think it's interesting that there is this whole part of the conversation around, you know, the Wisconsin coaches' approach to the game. Because I would definitely say in the first instance, like, hitting an opposing coach, I'm not sure that anything the opposing coach could have done during the game mitigates that. Correct. I remember, I want to say it was – Pete Carroll, but I don't remember who it was at USC, UCLA and uh, they're up by 20 and they get in the victory formation and then they line up and they throw it deep for like a 60-yard touchdown. I think they were upset. I don't think they shook hands at midfield after the game, but you don't punch him. Like, what the
0: hell? Um, Like, it's a lot different talking around the water cooler just the impact of going up and being like, oh, did you see Jawan Howard punch that coach? Or mm-hmm. did you see that assistant coach get bitch-slapped by Jawan Howard? <laughs> like, it changes the context, like, a lot very quickly.
1: Hmm. Are those technical terms? Or are those, uh...
0: uh I, believe, I believe so. I mean, there's got to be a difference. Like, he did hit him in the face, but, like, he bitch-slapped him in the face. <laughs>
2: And Juwan Howard's got a seven foot wingspan. That's got a, lot of, got a lot of rotation coming in. Big dude. Like out there, there is not one guy on that court that was doing shit to Juwan Howard. Like no. he is winning that fight against anybody. And I get the frustration. We've all been there. I trust me, when I was coaching your football teams, Rob, back in middle school, there were some instances in which I really wanted to bitch slap a kid. Didn't do it. But thought crossed my mind. You know,
0: well, so I, I get the taken a You've
2: got to be better than that.
1: And so in the first instance, like you shouldn't do that. But even in the second instance, like the frustration I get, he's frustrated and I get uh, that, that he broke the unwritten rules by calling timeout with a big lead. But like, come on, my my stance on that sort of stuff has always been: if you're upset about it, just be better. Like, if you're getting beat by forty, I don't really think you have a leg to stand on with any of this stuff. Uh, Like, you should be mad at your team, be mad at yourself. You you can't be mad at the other coach for just they beat you. They can do whatever they want.
0: Was it Jimmy Johnson back in the NFL that used to say? um, when they would be up by a lot and they put the backups in and he's like, what am I supposed to tell these guys Like, not to try and score? Like, no. Right.
2: Spurrier was the same way. He's like, you want us to stop scoring?
0: Stop us. Yeah, you need to get guys work in too. Like, they're going to be the next ones up. They may have to come in. Like, they need the work.
2: Yeah. Well, remember the Catholics versus Convicts game? Yeah. Lou Holtz said, you know, about the possibility of fights and everything in the locker room, he goes, you leave me Johnson's ass. You leave him to me. You know, and his team obviously fired up. They go out and you know blow the doors off there. But, you know, that's
0: you say it. You may inspire your team, but you don't actually do it. Honestly, I think Jimmy Johnson would have whooped Lou Holtz's ass. I
2: think so, too. But I would pay good money to watch that. I'd pay good money to watch that fight now.
0: His hair wouldn't move at all during it. It would be glorious. It's like a helmet. Exactly deflect the punch. he break his hand. I think it's been that his head has been shellacked since 1985. So it seems everyone watched this. Like everyone's heard of the Jawan Howard thing. You know what? A lot of people haven't heard of. It's the Winter Olympics this year ratings hell for NBC just has not been did not go off the way that they wanted the images coming out of China like the ski slope or whatever next to the nuclear plant like that wasn't a good look for the Olympics Uh, and NBC's like policy of sharing video and social media stuff and everything like no one can see highlights unless you're actually watching it so how do you expect people to report on it it's in China we're not watching it live
2: yeah, you already know what's happened by the time you watch it that night. You know, this is the problem, you know, with a Western audience seeing an Olympics in the Eastern world. In the Eastern Hemisphere, you already know what's happening by the time you know, by the time you wake up, the day is over over there. So you've got that aspect, which always is a rate you know, a blow to the ratings. But I think this is also a big political thing. And I know we're not a political show, but people are frustrated with the fact that China is saying that you can't ad- air certain ads, you can't say this, you can't um, bring up anything regarding the Uyghurs, you can't do anything uh, that would look bad to the state. Factor that in with what's going on in the Ukraine right now, and you've got a lot of people who are just absolutely tuning out, saying, I don't want any part of this. I'm not going to support this. And NBC had to know, In some way, this was coming. I don't think they thought it was going to be remotely close to as bad as it is. But this has got to make them rethink ever taking on an Olympics again. Because they're shelling out billions of dollars, and they are losing horribly in this. And quite frankly, the Olympic Committee, the IOC, does not give a crap. They could care less.
1: I completely agree. And and just to double down, I think, on what you said, like I'd even go further. You're you're right about the time differences and stuff, but you look at the old numbers, you look at the the twenty eighteen games in South Korea, and that had nineteen point eight million average viewers. This one was eleven point four, it was down forty percent mm-hmm. from that, and it's South Korea and China. So it's still got the same time zone issues. Um, and you see that kind of drop. I think the, that shows that these political issues, these IOC issues are, are the big ones. And to your point about how the IOC has just made this so much worse is you look at all the stuff going on with Russia and then you get this figure skater who tests positive for, for doping and they still let her compete. Yeah. Um, even as all this Russia-Ukraine stuff's going on. Like the the IOC has done NBC so wrong and, and NBC is still locked into this through 2032. Um, uh, $1.3 billion a year is what, or every two years for the Olympics is what they pay. They're locked in through 2032. Uh, it's a catastrophe for NBC. I, I got to imagine that, the games aren't going to be in China every year. Uh, we'll see what happens with Russia. This could rebound. Um, but they've got to be – they definitely lost money on this one, I suspect. I haven't seen the final numbers. and They've got to be worried about it sticking. I don't think it sticks, but they've got to be worried about it. I think the, the IOC is doing no favors.
0: Well, the IOC is like FIFA. They're absolutely worthless. I think the only people who watched this were Norwegians. And the Norwegians take the overall medal count, run away with it. I think they broke a record. They might have broken their own record for medals this year. They were – like I saw a profile on them in the, limited, um, in the limited Olympic coverage that I've seen. It was definitely just like a profile on Norwegian athletes, which was actually pretty cool. And they kind of don't treat it like uh, growing up. It's not like you have to specialize in one thing. This is just what they do, and that's kind of how they were explaining it. And it's like they're not allowed to rank anybody until you're a teenager. So there's no none of like these preschool type things where you're training ever since like you're eight years old or whatever. That's just like what they do as a family. They're like, if we weren't you know Olympic skiers, we would still be out skiing like every day, which I think is really cool. Like good for them. Norway breaks their own record. Great job for them. But I think the U.S. came in, what, like third or fourth? In overall medals?
2: Yeah, I think we were yeah. behind Rock Nation
0: and Norway. Yeah. Bo, I don't know if Bo actually made it out there with the uh, with the microphone on the streets of Philly for the Olympics.
1: Fourth, we came in fourth.
0: This is what I'm seeing.
1: Who else beat Germany. Germany in total medals and China in gold medals.
0: Boo. Yeah. yeah China very anti-Ukraine right now too. It's a very developing situation. What else did we have, Alex?
2: Uh, some, some surprising news that all of us did not expect, especially in this hiring cycle. Ryan Flores lands a job as Pittsburgh's uh, linebacker's coach while actively suing the NFL. I this s- is the story that just keeps on giving, and you saw more developments come out as he explained to um that was a Brian Gumble the other day gumble to gumble uh, that, that he refused to sign his uh, an NDA and what was the other part of it, Bo? Um, I know it was um, a separation agreement he refused to sign it yep. uh, getting you know declining the buyout so that he could sue because it would have been a gag order. He would not. He would have forfeited his rights to file a grievance against the NFL and the Dolphins. So, to me, that just is shouting with a megaphone, I believe everything I'm saying. And I think in the court of public opinion, that is going to give his side of the story a lot more weight. Because he passed up millions of dollars to not shut up. So I I think that is a big aspect of this that is kind of getting overshadowed, especially with the the, Juwan Howard thing gobbling all the headlines. But this, if I'm going into a grand jury, I'm thinking this guy really, he believes it. So there's got to be something here. There's got to be something that gives us cause to investigate further. I think this is again and we talked about it a few weeks ago this is the doomsday scenario for the NFL and if this is in fact the case Steven Ross who oh, i mean he keeps doubling down saying that this is you know defamatory that you know he's going to file a countersuit against Brian Flores i don't know how i don't know how he comes out of this not selling the team i, I really don't
1: yeah, I mean, this is, this is all still civil at this point. I haven't seen anything that, that we're heading towards criminal or grand jury stuff, but I would agree with you completely that, um, there's very much the case that, that this signals that he very much thinks there is something they're going to uncover, more they're going to uncover that, uh, probably, probably there's a non-monetary component here, um, that, that, he believes this lawsuit is going to create some positive change. And then I think the other piece is he, I agree with you. I don't think he's turning down the NDA agreement or the separation agreement. If he doesn't think they're going to find something through this lawsuit. So, you know, if, if there was an open market on where they're going to end up with this, this week has not been good for the NFL. There's probably something there. It lends us to, greater chance we discussed a few weeks ago that the key milestone here is going to be what kind of discovery gets allowed and things like that this lends us to more open discovery things of that nature greater chance of finding something important um it's it's not looking good for your tulpins uh (laughs) if he sells it
0: if he sells it he's selling it to his friend though which is the problem if yep. he's forced to sell it.
2: Well, and, now, and the, the, other 31 owners, the other 31 owners have the ability to block the sale.
1: Even even if it sells, the organization, the team, the NFL as well, these are separate entities that are themselves still liable in this suit. That doesn't just go away because of the sale. Um, I mean, for him personally, like on a personal aspect that's certainly something that he's worried about but uh this isn't going away for the NFL and I I don't see like I don't see them compelling a the sale I don't see anything like that cuz that doesn't get rid of the liability um
2: look at the potential class action lawsuit of everybody who gambled on the dolphins in mm, 2019 yeah.
0: when you piss off the gamblers this is like new territory <laughs> that we're getting into with so many states
1: yeah well, and that's when you start to get into the fraud and that's a whole separate piece of litigation. And that's where you could start to see what you're talking about, um, where the, the, you separate the organization from the owner. But there's, yeah, I mean, there's multiple levels to this and it's continually only gotten worse for the NFL and team side, um, throughout this process so far. So
0: there's going to be a know, guy. More- from when the Dolphins lost, what was it? 35 to nothing or whatever to the bills in like week three or four. It's going to be like, we would have covered, I would have covered <laughs> that spread.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, causation's always tough, but yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll put it out there. There, that'll be a whole nother claim. It's this story is absolutely wild. It's going to be interesting to follow it for a while. Um, I, I, I think we are so far from hearing the worst of the allegations. This is the tip of the iceberg, the tip, tip, tip.
2: And like I said a couple weeks ago, look at Gruden. He got brought down for emails he sent when he was not a coach. He was private citizen Gruden. was sending things that got uncovered in the Washington football team scandal. How many things are going to come up during this discovery? I don't think there's a team that's gonna come out of this unscathed. You know, there's no squeaky clean organization when you're talking, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation. It's there's going to be a skeleton or two in the closet and somebody was dumb enough to put something in writing. You know, every organization has that. Don't ever put it in writing.
0: Okay, I don't wanna I don't wanna switch the subject on it. I just kinda wanna include it in here. Who is worse off right now? The NFL or Major League Baseball? I still might say that Major League League Baseball is in worse trouble than the NFL right now as a whole. As a league, it's Major League Baseball.
2: Yeah, because ultimately the NFL will survive this. It may be different looking, and I, I imagine it absolutely will be different looking than it is today. But baseball is doing irreparable damage to itself on a daily basis. It's literally killing fandom. So go ahead, Rob Manfred, get toolbag. Uh, this is it, you're destroying a game that was teetering on the brink of losing a generation of fans and, and future players. Anyway, now with this petty crap, you're just nailing your own lid to the coffin from inside. You know, it, it's it's mind boggling to me how he thinks that this is a good idea. And how how the owners do. You have to, at some point, have that moment of self-actualization and say, all right, if we want to continue making billions of dollars a year, we need to change our business model slightly in order to incentivize the players to, in fact, play. Let's make it... There's not a player out there who doesn't want to play this season. But there are owners who are not going to care if this season doesn't go off especially if it doesn't go off on time if they get anything they'll still be happy
0: yeah absolutely
2: but the players are the ones that are getting absolutely screwed and so are the fans and that is why people are so
0: fed up with major league baseball i don't know if if i'm gonna watch when it comes back i was doing like the bs pre-meeting stuff like when people are still getting on like the zoom or the team's call yesterday with someone for work and uh we were on video and they look at me and they're like "Rob what are we going to do without baseball?" and I'm like "I don't think I'm going to watch the MLB like even when it comes back until at least like June if it you know if it's back like I'm going to stick with college" and I told them that and they looked at me like I was speaking some foreign language like "no I don't want to watch the MLB right now. I'm completely content watching college baseball. I think it's more entertaining anyway." But, like, yeah, when they come back, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch, you know, Wednesday night or Sunday night baseball or anything like that. Screw them.
2: Yeah, I'm not going out of the games. I mean, what, what what's wild
1: to me about this MLB thing is that it's so self-inflicted and just so – such incompetent leadership and management of the whole situation. Um, like, I guess, distinguishing the NFL-MLB situations, the MLB – they still have the opportunity here to uh, correct the situation and to potentially even come out of it stronger. If they come out with the right deal, a deal that gets the right amount of revenue sharing to the players. Um, I think some sort of cap would be good for the league and for parity, something like that. I don't know what that looks like. Um, they can still fix this. It just, feels like they don't have the the fortitude and the confidence to do that and so I think that's so different from this NFL situation where at this point the cat's sort out of the bag the train's left the station this thing's moving forward and I don't know the extent of the damage that the NFL is going to get but there's not much they can do to stop it at this point it's it, now it's begun and they can try to control it, but it's going to happen. Um, I'm sure there are people at the MLB office that are still optimistic. They've only missed spring training camp type stuff so far, right? Uh, they haven't missed any regular season games yet. Um, that's when it starts to become, I think, long term detrimental. If you miss a spring training, the hardcore fans, Rob is going to care a lot, but I think most fans aren't going to lose their minds over that. And they could create an agreement out of it that's really, really positive for the game. It's just, do they have the confidence and ability to do that? And I'm pessimistic about
0: that. And I would care, well, one, because like spring training is like awesome. I feel like people, the players oh, probably yeah. enjoy spring training too, because they get to play a game maybe every few days and then go golfing. Like it's a good time for them especially this time of year. Like, I don't want to be in Minnesota. I don't want to be in Toronto. Uh, I don't want to be in New York right now. I would much rather be in, you know, Tampa or Central Florida or South Florida or anything like that. It sucks for me because I've planned on blowing off work a considerable amount and going to these spring training games. So that sucks for me on a very selfish outside level. But you know the players want to be down here if they're going to have to play. Like, they want to play. They want to be in shape for the season. It's not like how NFL... Training camp used to be where you stayed at some small, you know, college and you just had to live through hell in a dorm room with someone studying your playbook for like however many weeks until you got into playing games. Like, spring training is awesome. Like, the players want to be there, the fans want to be there. It's bad for the league, it's bad for the players. It sucks mm-hmm. for everybody. Like, well,
2: four the most, you know, joy inspiring words in all of sports pitchers and catchers reporting. Like, that just automatically it brings you out a winner. You're in the spring. You're into baseball. It's like, all right, here we go. We got another year. We didn't have that.
0: And talk about That's the like opportunity a, yeah. of, that yeah. you're losing of trying to grow the game. Like, some of the best memories you can have as a kid aren't going to, like, a major league stadium. It's going to, like, a spring training game where you can sit oh, yeah. out well. in the outfield in the grass with your family and stuff like that. Like, you get to meet the players, like, all of them will spend time with you. It's a great opportunity. I mean, you know, there's people in Florida, Arizona, or people on vacation, but that's still a considerable amount of time that you're blowing, just not being able to grow the game and actively well, working against yourself.
1: And that's right. It's it's as much as anything, almost more so than it is hurting the league, it's such a missed opportunity because this was... Pitchers and catchers were supposed to report the day after the Super Bowl. Like awesome juxtaposition. You've got the NFL going through this flora stuff. The NBA to me is is weak and uh has its own, you know, unique issues. And it's such an opportunity for the league to have taken advantage of that. And if they can come up with the right deal and if they could have done it faster. But still, if they can get something done, it's an opportunity to grow the game and to take advantage of their biggest competitors, these other leagues, being, you know, in a down cycle. But if they just stay in a down cycle, the leagues the baseball's been in a down cycle. And if they just allow it to continue, they're not only hurting themselves, but they're missing this off op- this unique opportunity to sort of reboot and pick up those lost sort of more
0: casual fans. instead of fighting the dip they're just embracing the fall and it's just like, eh, like <laughs> yeah like all right fine we're going down we're gonna put no effort into this
1: they say in uh stock trading don't try to catch a falling night but it seems as though um they're just watching it like maybe they I they dropped it too yeah they're they're actually they're pushing the knife down further
0: yeah you're you're absolutely right I saw a tweet today. I'm interested to hear y'all's opinion. I, I think it's an easy answer, like, to be honest. Um, it was, if you were offered $15 million to never watch an NBA game again, would you do it? Like, if you walked into a sports bar with your friends and there was an NBA game on, like, you would have to, like, leave and go somewhere else or have them turn it off. Like, $15 million. <laughs>
1: $15 million?
0: $15 million. Okay. One guy said, I'll yeah. do it for a grand. <laughs>
1: I thought you said 15,000 and I was going to probably take that. I was like.
0: Oh, maybe, closed. maybe I, I did, but yeah, that. 15 million is what the tweet was. I'm sorry if I said different.
1: Yeah. yeah. 1500 feels too low. 15,000 feels right on the border. 15 million. That's the easiest thing I've ever
0: heard. Yeah. It's just like, I would walk in and I would smile every time I walked into like a bar or a restaurant and they were yeah. playing one. I'd be like, sorry guys, like going home. Gotta go. Yeah. Gotta go. I'll uh, go to you the could s- just buy the block. I'll go to the I'll go to the soccer bar down the street and watch that. I'll go watch yeah. the Olympics. I'll go watch reruns yeah. of the Winter Olympics.
1: There's a lot of sports out there. I I would, you know, it it would be painful to lose baseball or painful to lose football. But it's a lot of money. Basketball? Yeah, well, uh, NBA, come on. Like, there's three games I want to watch all year anyway. I like it on Christmas Day, and I like it in the finals.
0: Because it's the only thing on Christmas Day. There you go. And then, yeah, every few finals are pretty decent. Well, we get March Madness, at least. Someone was putting together a good thing about, like, how college basketball is able to just flip the switch and get millions of people to watch just for, what, I mean, the main part of the tournament is, what, like four or five days where, like, people who don't watch, like, more than maybe, like, three or four games all year are taking work off for multiple days to go watch, like, the first two or three days of the tournament. Like, that's pretty cool to see. And, like, yeah, they don't care. They're not, like, they'll make their bracket, and then it's just, like, the old, like, how I met your mother joke. It's, like, your team lost in the first round. I didn't know they were playing today. But we're, what, like, well, there's five games left in Michigan's schedule. We're, what, like three-plus weeks away from March Madness?
2: Yeah, three-plus weeks. I think we're two weekends away from conference championships. Yeah, we're close. You know, we, it, and Auburn is, you know, the rest of the pack is starting to catch up to us. Um,
0: oh, yeah, sorry about but, that loss at Florida, man. Oh, that's a pain in the ass. But was it 20 you know, we're, we're,
2: we're, 26 26 years? 26
0: years.
2: Now that we haven't won there, yeah, I, I knew we were going to lose. I knew it. I knew there was no way that we were getting out of that game unscathed. So yeah, let that one go. That's just a product of history. But hopefully, hopefully Bruce can write uh, can the ship again and we end up with a number one seed. We're probably going to be based in the Midwest which is the Chicago regional would love that. And hopefully I'm, you know, headed to New Orleans in April for the, for the final four.
0: Yeah. Uh, Auburn, Matt and I interact with someone quite a bit. That's a big Florida fan. And they saw that line that Auburn was minus three. And they said, that's the easiest money that you could make this year in basketball. And I was like, I don't know about that one. Like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to bet on the team minus three in a stadium. They haven't won in 26 years. It's like how Ole Miss always plays Auburn tough.
2: Yeah. No, I don't think we beat you the entire time I was at school.
0: Yeah. It was, it was the 10 year anniversary of the Marshall Henderson, like, uh, Jersey, like pulling, um, a few weeks ago. That was pretty cool. Um, uh, but we're, we're running close to Bo's time here. Let's quickly talk about college baseball. I think we can end this pretty quick. I don't even think we have a dumb question this week unless Alex has a surprise one. College baseball. I do. Oh, excellent. Then we'll do this part. We we'll do this part quick. College baseball, Auburn went out to Dallas. Uh, that tournament was Auburn, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Arizona, Michigan, and there was one other team. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Auburn dropped the first one, getting shut out 3-0 by Oklahoma on the first day, then comes back and beats an incredibly tough team in Texas Tech on Saturday and then beats Kansas State 12-1 on the last day. Ole Miss swept Charleston Southern and former assistant coach Mark McMillan, ending the last two days of the series Saturday and Sunday with run rules. But it's not really what Ole Miss did or what Auburn did, it's what a few other schools didn't do. Mississippi State dropping the series at home to Long Beach State, which is ranked team. Like, that's not the worst thing in the world that can happen. That actually scares me more than anything. Like, if they had swept Long Beach State, I wouldn't have thought anything about it. Now that they lost to Long Beach State, I think they're going to come back with a vengeance, and they're going to be pissed off the rest of the year. Vanderbilt lost their series against, I think, it, well, it was a top 10 team, depending on what poll you look at, lost to Oklahoma State. They dropped that series 2-1. to one. Arkansas lost on opening day for the first time in 28 years, which was so great to see after Dave Van Horn's speech the night before opening day. Dave Van Horn hates fun. I don't even know if Dave Van Horn really likes baseball anymore. Like, he just sucks. And then Florida is also... Florida's the kind of guy that has a pager. Like, he still has a... He's the beeper king. He is beeper king. And Florida dropped a home series to the Jerry Falwell Liberty team. So, rough week in the SEC. LSU absolutely murdered Maine. But to be fair, Maine it's, cannot play outside Currently.
1: Uh, yeah, like LSU beat Maine? Why uh, is like, like that on your scores rundown?
0: I know uh, I know. Russell would like to talk about it, and Albert Matt sent it out to me, too. I think they scored 54 runs over three games.
2: Yeah, 54, 55. And good friend of the show, and good friend of ours, T-Rob, uh, Carlock. The Carlock family was on TV, and it was absolutely awesome.
0: Did you all see the the Texas game last night? I don't know who they were playing, but the highlight of the guy who swung and struck out on a ball that hit him in the face. <laughs> oh, God. I'll have to send it to you all in a tweet. He swung; it hit him in the helmet, not like directly in the face. But it's just, they were just trying to pass off like. Yeah, this is what you get in early season, even like the best of teams, and it's just this guy swinging away, and it gets him right in the head. Oh, yeah. Man, that guy wanted to launch one. Dingers only. Oh, well, I guess. Dinger to your head, too. But uh, I think Ole Miss has moved up to number one in the power rankings for the SEC. After all yes, of that. Uh, and Miss,
2: the People America rankings are bullshit. Just want to get that out there.
0: Collegiate baseball and Baseball America's rankings are terrible. D1 baseball is the rankings that you should be following. Also, perfect game. They suck. I'm pretty sure they're the one with the big West Coast bias. Maybe, that makes sense. Maybe in those former Santa Santa Barbara days it would have mattered more, but not down here. Santa Barbara. Was, Go Gavages. There was a time when
1: I probably had a West Coast bias that but... –
0: wasn't that, the, now the ball. wasn't that the show that you used to listen to? Wasn't that the name of it?
1: West Coast Bias in San Diego. The show was great, man. We Those get, guys thought San Diego State was winning every national championship every
0: year. And they were big Chargers guys, right? I mean, obviously. Big Chargers, big Chargers guys. Big Chargers, oh, big Padres yeah. guys. We need to get them on the show. I don't know what they're doing. I'm sure
1: nothing. I'm sure we can get them.
0: Especially after the Chargers left, I'm sure they're very anti-Chargers now.
1: Maybe they actually—they very well could be. Um, yeah, they every year, every year was Super Bowl or bust until about week three, and they were usually zero and three or one and two, and then it was a, a rebuilding year the rest of the way.
0: Hey, as long as you stay positive, that's all you need. And yeah. now I bet they're just pretty overall negative. Um, all right, let's get it. We have Bo for like 10 more minutes. Uh, we were planning on doing the NIL debate, the great NIL debate for Bo and Rustin, but uh, I, I think actually like fortunately Rustin's schedule didn't work out and Bo's got some stuff to do. So it's good that it didn't happen this week. We need a long time uh, to get that one done. So Alex, final segment. Let's take us into the dumb question. I have no idea what it is. You say we talked about it. I have no recollection. Hopefully, I remember.
2: Yeah, so it's actually not that dumb of a question. And you know what else is not dumb? It's investing with BlockFills. So, guys, look at everything happening in the world right now. Markets are volatile. You need expert guidance. And that is where BlockFills comes in for you. Go to BlockFills.com. Get your crypto game on. Take
0: it to the next level. All right. and needs to be their slogan. Get your crypto game on.
2: Uh, See, this is free stuff that we're providing back. Give back to Blockfills because they give to us. Help us help you.
0: I've had a few people come up to me and say that they need to go take a look into Blockfills. I hope they have. I haven't followed up on them, but there's a few prospects out there that we're getting. Just, you know, word of mouth that come up to me. God only knows the reach that we have outside.
2: Absolutely. Hey, that's what these, that's why we love you listeners. It's Great. Take you to the moon. To the moon. All right. Also, thank you, Vance Global. You are back as a sponsor. We absolutely love it. And if you want to enjoy laughing with Vance Global products, you are going to also love our dumb questions of the week moving forward. This week's dumb question isn't all that dumb. So I actually kind of feel bad about this one. Um, it was something that I heard on the radio a few nights ago on a national thing that said there are two rules about fandom that absolutely have to be followed. One, if you are a hometown fan of multiple teams in your hometown, so say us in South Florida, Dolphins, Marlins, Panthers, Heat. You can't abandon one. Of them. Like, you just can't toss the Marlins away. If you are a Miami fan, you have to embrace all of Miami. If you're a Chicago fan, you can pick White Sox or Cubs, but then you still get everybody else.
0: This is going to be a tough you question cannot. for Bo, I have a feeling.
2: So that is, you cannot do. That is rule number one. Rule number two is in college, you can have one big school, and then one small school. So for us, like for y'all, it's Ole Miss because you that? For me, it's obviously Auburn. Who is that second team for you? Because it's not like you can pick and choose like Clemson fans do. And this is my poop on Clemson minute. Clemson football fans, obviously, they've been at the top of the world for the last couple of years. You know, an elite program. Their basketball program has made the tournament four times in the last 12 years. Three or four times in the last 12 years. Mediocre at best. So, a lot of Clemson fans are also Duke basketball fans. That you, you can't do that. Like, you can't root for Duke and Arizona basketball. Like, these are the hated people, like the people that are Yankees, Cowboys fans, like all of that. No, you, this cannot happen. So, who is your school and do you agree? with those two rules of fandom.
0: I definitely do. I have a feeling just because I know Bo and Bo's history, oh, it's tough. gonna be a tough question for him. I didn't think about this coming into yeah. it. Like this is legitimately a tough question for Bo. Yeah. He's geographically yeah, it's, it's gifted, thing. maybe? I wouldn't say challenged, geographically gifted. Geographically. It's uh it's
1: it's tough. It's tough for me. The first rule is actually tough for me because I have moved around a decent bit and I sort of like cheering for teams from those various places um, and I probably have not been that
2: consistent
1: in that. So so while it sounds, basically, the rule sounds pretty good, I would say that it would be hypocritical of me to probably support the rule. As far as the second one, I'm totally good with that. My my ask, my caveat, can I pick a small football school and a small school that doesn't have a football program? So like a second and a third school.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. So so then I mean for me, like I love that rule because I would go old Miss, Southern Miss, and UCSB.
0: Oh hey, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. I think Bo might get around the first rule too, because like if you just have a level of misery, in like you're <laughs> in the major teams like that you support, like he's a Jets fan, so I think he might yeah. be a, like you don't have to be a Yankees or a Mets fan. I know you're not. So like if, that's
1: true because everywhere like the teams I've picked up along the way too, like I'm a Jets fan, and the teams I've picked up along the way from living places. They're all as bad as the Jets. So like, so like, I started with the Jets and the Knicks, and we know about them. And then I picked up like the Bears. Like okay, and then you pick up like living, you know, in Southern California. Okay, well the Chargers are fun, but they, you know, lately they're a little better. But come on, I mean, they're still they're still not that good. So
0: so maybe. Yeah, I get a plan. Yeah. Maybe you can have, like, multiple cities, but you're forced to be sad. Like, you have to be a bottom feeder in every single sport. You gotta, but, yeah, you gotta take dogs. But you have, like, you have the right to support them, but you have to be bad. Yeah.
1: This question feels a little targeted.
0: It honestly was not yeah. meant for you. Honestly, it was something that
2: I was just driving home uh, from dinner last week, and I heard it, and I'm like, you know what, actually, this is pretty good. Um, you know, for me, obviously, Auburn, and I, I, I actually really like the fact that you went with a school that doesn't have a football program. I think to me, it's got to be either SMU or UTEP as a small school. Nice. I got into SMU, so I like that. And UTEP was always my, you know, project fixer-upper school on NCAA football <laughs> because of Sun Bowl. So uh, I think those might be my two small ones but i to me that rule is kind of a a good one you know you can't you just can't cherry pick everything you have to have some sort of misery in your life and that is as you well know very very apparent
1: yeah you can't like like Look, like, I support the state of Mississippi. So when Mississippi State's playing somebody, I'll generally cheer for them. But like, you can't be for Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, and like three other SEC schools. I would agree with that. Like, you got to pick
2: your school at that tier. That yeah. um, and I also like in professional rings, I, l- I like the Cubs. I enjoyed Wrigley Field. The Cubs games were so fun riding the train home. But when they play the Marlins, I want complete annihilation. Yeah. yeah. There Absolutely. needs to be that separate. Your hometown team is your team. You can have a secondary team. That's okay. But they cannot trump your number one team.
0: Man, if your we actually team. get baseball this year when the Marlins and Cubs play, that's going to be some terrible, terrible baseball.
2: Oh, God. It's <laughs> that's like baseball be you saw earlier.
0: I'm going to go like obviously Ole Miss, and then I'll do uh, I'll throw in there a uh, small school with a football team, and I'll throw one in there with that one. Uh, I thought of this after Bo said that for UCSB, uh, so I'm going to go with Southern Miss as well, and Love it. to the top. And then I'm going to go as my one without um, without football, Florida Gulf Coast University, Dunk City. Oh. Like, and I'm basing that solely on one, Dunk City, awesome, and two, they have beaches on campus and you can just go out there and lay on the beach. Like in between classes, there are gators that walk across campus. There's like signs that are like, don't bother the gators, they won't bother you. And just like at these people's dorms in the back, they have artificial beaches where you can just lay out, drink beer, play volleyball, take like a jet ski or a canoe or a kayak or whatever. Like, that sounds like the ultimate, like, if I didn't have a football team, that's what I'm doing in the fall in South Florida. Like, I'll probably watch, like, Miami or Florida State or whatever school I didn't get into on TV. And (laughs) then I'm just going to lay out at the beach. As Bo used to always say, where's your beach? There's their beach.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like it. Alex is, uh... He didn't. He didn't pick schools with good beaches, but it's important to have at least one. If you're going to take two or three schools, it's important one of them has a good beach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So UCSP?
2: Yeah, we're all definitely spring breaking with you, T. Rob, at FGCU. Mm-hmm. That place. That place is like a resort.
0: The bar scene drunk. not great, but the campus literal resort. Is, yeah, is that the? That's not
1: the school that built like a big pool for students outside or whatever with lounge chairs. Wasn't that wasn't there a school in Florida that did that? Like basically built a resort hotel.
0: UNF, University of North Florida uh, has some dorms with lazy rivers.
1: Yeah, that's what I that's what I was thinking of.
2: Okay, shout out to cousin Andy who graduated from there. That's <laughs> something. Yeah, this there when he was there.
0: Yeah, there was. It was not his dorm. I don't think they had gotten around to installing them to the entire campus yet. I think it was one or two that had them, but it did have it. I'm sure they They really went
1: into the liberal arts education.
0: Yeah, the liberal arts school gets a lazy river. (laughs) All right, well, yeah, that's a dumb question.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was was the least dumb question.
0: I think you say that most times. We're going to have to have Bo... We have to have Bo write in his last, the the answer for the last question that we had, which was, what is the dumbest trip you could ever convince yourself on taking? And you can't go to Antarctica. That was the one rule. We don't have to figure it out now. You have like two minutes, so you can let us know next week. But we would like to hear your answer. We'll send you the answers that we had. We actually had a... Fair amount of listener answers coming for the show for this one.
2: Good. I,
1: I want to hear the listener answers next week. All right. I'll come up with mine, and then we'll share that and the listener answers next week.
0: All right. Well, we got this done in less than an hour. Even with Bo on the show, we are pushing it, but we got it done. So we want to thank you all for listening again. Bo, get off and do what you need to do, but we're very glad that you got to squeeze it in. Auburn, Matt, I guess you really don't know how to do time zones, so... We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Later.